Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. Friday afternoon edition of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Course Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, welcome to the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of this program and Southern Miss Athletics. And a great place for you to go this weekend. Uh, to enjoy a great meal with your family. A great show today. Jason Munts from the Commercial Appeals about to join us. Chad Kaye, who just announced his retirement uh, from college uh, baseball, is going to be on the Eagle Hour today along with David Rigert from James Madison. But uh, let's get started first and foremost with our good friend Jason up at the Commercial Appeal talking to us off the air about how much he misses Hattiesburg. Well, we're, we wish you were back, Jason, but how are things up at the Commercial Appeal? Ah, they're not too bad, but you know, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm glad you uh, mentioned our off-air conversation because I think the, I swear the last time I was on with you guys, Kelly was was uh, was not there, and uh, I was I was bummed. But I'm but uh, he it surprised me when when I heard his voice, and it's it's that it, it, that that unmistakable unmistakable uh, Kelly Sander Caden. Oh, well, I, I, I've I've missed it so. Truth of the matter is he was doing the last four days of a 30-day uh, stint in the Lamar County Jail, Jason. But but he got oh, out. He gosh. got out. Something about indecent something. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, well, we were glad to have you during the baseball tournament. We're glad to have you back on the show. And I know you love the Golden Eagles. And so I reached out to you. I was, uh, I was curious, and I knew that our listeners would want to know uh, your analysis of this second year of the Will Hall uh, era. And uh, what you anticipate, uh, Jason, from the Golden Eagle football program? Well, I'll do my best. Uh, you know, uh, covering uh, Memphis basketball and Penny Hardaway is a is a grueling endeavor. It, it, it's very demanding, and uh, so uh, you know, a lot of my attention has to my. It's, it's it's rare that I can divide my attention away from that. But uh, but no, I mean like. I said this when Will Hall was hired. I thought that he was probably he's so unique in a lot of ways that he is extreme. He was probably one of the I would I don't know handful of people uh, you know that 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 
were as uniquely qualified to, to take on this job. Like, I just think that there's so much about him. He's a Mississippi guy. He, um, you know, he's, but he's got experience at other places. He's done some good, he did some good things here, uh, here at Memphis. He was, uh, uh, under Mike Norvell when he was here before he left for Florida State. And, um, no, I just remember thinking at the time that that was like such a, like they hit that nail right on the head, I thought. Um, hiring Will Hall, and yeah, the first year was t- it was last year was his first year, right? Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I obviously it was tough, but every you know a lot of times when you're taking over a struggling program, um, it takes a while. We saw that with Todd Munkin when I was uh, down there. It took him a couple of years to really get going, and once he did, you know, we who can forget that the, the uh, year in 2015 that he had with Nick Mullins and Ito Smith and Jalen Richard and Kalen Reed and all those guys. Um, you know, so, so, but I, I, just like I thought Todd Munkin was, uh, the, the right man for the job at that time in a different way. Um, Will Hall is, is the right man for, uh, the Southern Miss job. Um, at this time. And I think that, yeah, like they finished the year strong last year with a couple of big wins. And uh, based on what I'm hearing and what I've seen kind of from afar, uh, I, I don't I don't have any reason to think that Southern Miss won't take another step forward. Yeah, and Jason, and just for the record, uh, Munkin's doing okay <laughs> where he is yeah, now. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's struggling he's, a little bit financially, financially but yeah. otherwise he's good <laughs> Right, right. He, he definitely landed on his seat. Hey, just on, on a side note, away from the Southern Miss topic, Memphis comes up in a lot of discussions, too, in conference realignment. You know, what's going to happen to the AAC? Is there any, any talk that you're hearing there in Memphis's backyard as to where Memphis may be headed, if not in the AAC? Yeah, I mean, I think for right now, that's where they're going to be, is uh, the American. Um, it's, it's, you know... It's just, there's so much uncertainty out there. Like, you know, what's the the report this morning that uh, the Big Ten is talking about expanding to 20 teams now? Um, you know, so like, it's just it's there's so much upheaval out there, and so much that that uh, so much like information and conjecture and speculation out there with what you know what the Pac-12 is going to do and what. Uh, you know what the Big Ten is going to do, and where, where where does that lead the Big Twelve? Um, so, you know, I, I think as we sit here today, Memphis is, is, you know, until further notice, they're in the American. Um, now, there are, like, they, they are making great, uh, going to great lengths, trying to go to great lengths to um, improve their standing, as, you know, most anybody would. Uh, they they want to get out of the American. Uh, that is, that is. Uh, unequivocally true, um, and I don't think it really matters uh, where they go. I mean, you know, like I think they love to get into the Big 12. I think they thought they were going to get into the Big 12 or at least had a good shot, and, you know, when instead the Big 12 took Houston and BYU and UCF and Cincinnati. They just missed out there. Does the Big 12 expand again? If so, where does that leave Memphis? Uh, is there, like, you know, there was some stuff out, what, about a month or two ago where the ACC, the SEC was talking about continuing to expand and maybe taking Virginia, maybe taking Florida State, uh, you know, that sort of stuff. So where does the, if, if spots open up in the ACC, does that make room for Memphis? I, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, as we sit here today, though, Memphis is going to be is going to be uh, staying staying put. 
All right, Luke. We got about a few minutes left, Jason, and, and uh, I kind of wanted to ask you because uh, we haven't had you on um, since the conference tournament. Corky Ballmer laid to rest earlier this week. You uh, you covered him um, about as much as anyone did in his uh, in his coaching uh, at, at Southern Miss, and then you know in the retirement years, um, always around. I wanted to give you a chance uh, to to reflect on on Coach Palmer. Yeah, I mean, truly, it was just. I think I I said it this way on Twitter, um, and and doesn't make it any less true. It was just a sad day, you know. I mean, I know that he's had his, uh, he you know, leading up to his passing, um, he had had some health problems and. Um, you know, but again, that doesn't make it any less uh, unfortunate and sad um, for for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. But yeah, no, I, I, you know, I got to know Corky a little bit. I started as a freelancer at the Hattiesburg American back in 2000, I believe it was. I, I took on some freelance assignments and uh, covered a couple of Southern Miss. Uh, you know, Jackson State or Southern Miss Alcorn State baseball, midweek baseball games way back in the day. And, um, you know, that was sort of my first introduction to Corky Palmer. Then a couple of years later, uh, he and Coach Barry and Lane Burroughs recruited my younger brother um, to to play there, which he did for two seasons. And uh, so got to know him a little bit that way. And then uh, went on to become the Southern Miss beat writer and, and covered him a lot there and even after he retired. Um, but, but you know, what can be said that hasn't already been said about Corky Palmer? He, he's one of one. You know, he was absolutely one of one. Um, nobody like him. And, you know, after he retired, you know, he was still always around the peak. And... Before the game, if you got there, you know, an hour, hour and a half before the first pitch, he was always in the press box, almost always in the press box. Now, he might have been in there for just a few minutes or he might have stayed up there for the entire game. But like that, I looked forward to that, honestly, as much or more than any other part of my job, just going to the park and spending time with Corky Palmer, you know, like picking his brain, like listening to his stories. It was, it was honestly just such a, just such a, a, a highlight uh, of my, of my week of my month, you know, whatever it was, it was, he was, there's nobody like him and, uh, and, and really, really going to miss him. Hey Jason, we appreciate you coming on the Eagle Hour. Always good to uh, have your input, and uh, we always enjoy our conversations. Uh, you're welcome here anytime. You're back at the Berg. You just come to the studio here and sit in with me and Center. We'd love to have you. All right. Well, thanks, guys. It was good talking to you. All right, Jason Munts, everybody from the Commercial Appeal. And if I, if memory serves, I think he was the up until very recently he was the last beat reporter. I think for for Southern Olive Miss. Branch. Olive Branch. Don't go down the road yet. We reached it back out yesterday. Remember? All right, we. Oh, are. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm just. No, I'm just stating I'm, fact. Yeah. I totally understand. Yeah. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Course Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Former Golden Eagle and former Gamecock, prominent college baseball coach Chad Kaye on the Eagle Hour deck. Stay with us.
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank Jason Muntz from the Commercial Appeal and, of course, from Hattiesburg for joining us in the first segment of the show. Remind you about the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. You can hear it every day on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Great place to buy, of course, your Southern Miss apparel. And uh, they've got a great selection right now. You can shop them online at campusbookmark.net. Or you can uh, visit the store at Miss Kathleen seven days a week on Hardy Street. Chad Kaye is no stranger to the Eagle Hour and no stranger, obviously, to the Southern Miss Baseball Nation. A longtime uh, coach here at Southern Miss, uh, more recently of South Carolina, kind of surprised us all uh, yesterday with an announcement that he is leaving the sport of college baseball and returning to Hattiesburg. We're happy about the latter part, Coach. Uh, you are part of yeah. us here in Hattiesburg. But what led you to your, your decision, which I think took a lot of people in college baseball by surprise? I'm sure it did. Uh, now, this is something that myself and my wife and obviously my children uh, have been discussing over the past few months. And, you know, it's getting to a time I'll be 48 years old and uh, my both of my child, I have a senior in high school at Oak Grove High currently and a ninth grader's son as well. And, you know, it's just the time I, I wanted to spend more time uh, being around them, their activities. And my wife, of course, has a business there, Dance South, um, the dancing school there in Hattiesburg, and has done extremely well. And we're just a big part of that community, always have been, even after we left. And, you know, just I just felt like it was time for the entire family to come home for a little while and, and um, get them back to – old days of Oak Grove and, and definitely get my wife back in the studio full time and she's thrilled and, and, and doing tremendous and uh, so for me it's just kind of take a step back take the blinders off and uh, let's focus on family and, and what's next for me well nothing more important than your your family your children and your wife no question about that you've been in baseball I, I'm gonna guess since you were a kid playing baseball yeah. since you were a kid so that's a big decision. Uh, have you, have you it, it given was. any thought to what life is going to be like without baseball? You know, I, I'd like to think I'm not out of it altogether. It's just this, I feel like this would just be a temporary pit stop for me, but we'll see. Uh, you know, I have, I have a, a lot of friends in my age bracket who were in this rat race and the coaching side of it for years. This would have been my 26th year, so I completed 25 years last year. And so it's a long time, and, you know, I've, I've drugged my – my family through the trenches with the road, but it's been a terrific journey, a lot of which I'm extremely proud of. But I don't think I'm removing myself forever. I just think this is going to be a temporary gotcha. um, piece. But, you know, like I mentioned, the, the, the gentleman in my age bracket say I may never go back because I've started to realize uh, the void of, uh, of, well, how much time that we really gave up to the profession and the recruiting and the hours on the field with the guys and, you might come to realize that uh, you enjoy the golf courses a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, jump in here with Coach Kaye. Hey, Coach, thanks so much for coming on, man. We just uh, yeah. I know you were watching from from South Carolina uh, this year as uh, the Golden Eagles, you know, hosted a Super Regional, and you know, several of those kids on the team, kids that you brought in. I know that was very rewarding for you to watch. Extremely, extremely. I watched uh, every pitch, every inning. It was it was very rewarding because I had so many great relationships. So many of those guys. Uh, uh, it was a phenomenal season. 
What what can you say about we always called him Big N and Roy Hobbs Jr. and Matt Walner's uh, year that he's having this year that that swing that you know is so sweet you had a lot to do with it now he's at AAA in St. Yeah. Paul right near his yeah, hometown. He sure is. I talk to Walner on almost a daily basis and he's doing fantastic. Could be more happy for him and his opportunities and you know good Lord willing he, hopefully he'll be in the big leagues here sooner than later and it, what a terrific story that would be and. Uh, that would actually make a a, a a group of a collection of four players off of uh, I can't remember exactly what year with Chucky and Nick Sandlin and Walner and obviously Kurt McCarty four big leaguers with one team that's pretty remarkable uh, for Southern Mississippi or any school for that matter but definitely Southern Miss Coach Kaye well we're going to go on the record right now we said it on this program you had nothing to do with Will McGillis transferring to South Carolina. I'm I, sure you I probably you fielded yeah, probably a million texts about that, didn't you? I, I have. No, I did not. Will reached out to me. Will it, it, it was a unique situation. He had a very long-time girlfriend, close girlfriend, of which was coming to school here. Um, she was already here. So this this was all the after, you know, just kind of a bit of luck on my part, coincidence, and you know, obviously, with, with <laughs> this position I'm in today, that, that should share enough with you to know that, uh, no, I did not come take him from Southern Mass. Yeah, so there, there you heard it straight from, from the horse's mouth, uh, listeners. Yeah. And, of course, Jessica's with Jessica's Dance Studio. I want to ask you, how are your plies and enchicots? You know, I, I should be... Uh, Hosting some classes here shortly, <laughs> so come on in and get, get get a feel for that yourself. <laughs> I was going to say, and, and, and anybody, we we kind of joke about it, but look, just because you're out of baseball doesn't mean you're going to be out of competition because competitive dance is yeah. is is right up there among the biggest cutthroats in the in the country. It gets pretty brutal, doesn't it? There is no question. You could, especially because you're dealing with moms <laughs> and their babies. So yeah, you're exactly right. Very, very, very competitive. So now, so what's, uh, and when I saw you a, a couple months back, you know, you said, well, I'm going to be flying back and forth. And I just kind of thought to myself, man, that's, you know, obviously to each his own, but I thought that's going to be really, really tough. So the decision is made now. You're coming back. I mean, transition time. Is this going to, I know the, the family's already yeah. back here, but tell us, kind of give us they your are, timeline. Yeah, I, I should be back here in the next couple of days. Uh, kind of wrapping up everything here. I met with the team yesterday here at South Carolina and, you know, I had to go through those emotional roller coasters for me personally and with them. And, you know, this place was, uh, was great to me and I'm very, um, honored to have this opportunity and, and very disappointed on one, the baseball side and obviously to walk away from these kids that I've built tremendous relationships with, but at the same time, the, the bigger pictures, I, I get to spend more time with my kids and my wife and, and get back into uh, the community, which you know I basically have spent most of my adult years. Well, for what it's worth, brother, I, any any decision that's made for the for the benefit of the family, I think the Lord will bless. Hundred so, percent. So, congratulations. No, no question. Coach, no you, question. You told I me, appreciate that. You told me before we went on the air that uh, you made a comment that really caught my ear. You said you really didn't like the direction that college baseball was going, and that's I, I, I know you were talking about all these money deals and the transfer portal, but mm-hmm. kind of give us your, your feel of, of where you see collegiate athletics headed. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, again, having done it as long as I have, I feel like I'm a, a bit wise in, in the profession. I, I am scared for the profession. Um, not just baseball, all co- college athletics. Uh, it's just, 
for what some of these rules were implemented, were brought in to, to really do be implemented for, they're taking, being taken advantage of in a, in a lot of ways. And, you know, I, I don't know. It's so new with the portal. It's so new with the NIL deals. Uh, I don't really have the crystal ball to exactly know where it's going, but boy, I can see the direction of just this summer in our sport and the effect that it's had on people's rosters, relationships that were shortened with, current players, incoming players, whether they be high school or JUCO ranks. It's it's made much more of a cutthroat business atmosphere um, than ever before. At least I can speak candidly on our sport because I'm, I was in the middle of it this summer. Uh, and I, I don't know if it's for the good. I understand the reasoning behind some of the portal pieces and the NIL opportunities for the student-athletes, but at the same time, um, those rules are being taken advantage of a little bit, and it's it's moving in a very poor direction, in my opinion. Luke and Bob, have we have we heard any coach that we've talked to say that it's moving uh, in a positive direction? I'm not aware of one yet. I, me either, yeah. Luke. No, I haven't. Not at all. No. Well, coach, yeah, that's uh, that's the world we're in, though. I mean, uh, do yeah, you... and and that's just it. That's the world we're in, and despite what I think or the next person thinks, uh, you know, we. You have to evolve as a coach and get with the times, and unfortunately, uh, that is <laughs> that is the time today. And what it will look like moving forward, we'll, we'll stay tuned. Well, one coach, last uh, question for me, real quickly: When you start doing these dance instructions and the things that you were referencing, <laughs> Kelly, can we come down and do the Eagle Hour live from the studio that day? Yeah. Absolutely, we can. Absolutely. <laughs> Could it be that you guys don't know what a plie or an enjacot is? I have no idea. What you I don't either, Sander. You just found it. I, no, I. I, I was. <laughs> I actually do know what an enjacot and a plie is. My daughter was in competitive dance. So, Coach, this is go. the guy every day that that attempts to do Dixie Darling hand motions as we come on. <laughs> and, time. It's, oh, and it's ugly. It's ugly, Coach. And, it's ugly. And complain and. <laughs> and claims he's an expert now, correct? <laughs> yes, correct, correct. Hey, great to have you on the show. Uh, you've always been yes. uh, a wonderful guy to deal with. You're welcome here anytime, and uh, we really appreciate, well, appreciate you taking you. the time. And welcome back home. We're glad to have you back home, Coach. Well, I appreciate you guys, man. I hope we get to see you soon. All right, Jad Kaya, everybody. One of the great guys in uh, college baseball. And, you know, that, that takes a lot of guts for, for a guy to walk away Something he's been very successful at doing and saying, look, I'm, yeah. I'm dropping this, but he's putting his family first. And just to reiterate, man, I think the Lord will bless that a hundred times over. Jack Kaye, coming back to Hattiesburg. Dave Rigard is not. He's at James Madison, but they're coming to the Sun Belt, and we're going to find out a little more about that program right after. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, our thanks to our buddy Chad Kaye leaving South Carolina and coming back home. And uh, we were kind of speculating off air 
a lot of coaching opportunities probably in the future uh, in this area if but, he chooses to take one. Yeah, but we need to be clear, too, he's coming home not to coach. No, he's, he's not. Yeah. He's coming home to give dance lessons, basically. <laughs> what I think, think well, he'll, what we heard. he'll help Jessica run her highly uh, successful studio there. Fourth Street Bar and Grill sponsors uh, this segment of the Eagle Hour. Great place to go this weekend. I guarantee you'll have a good time. Lots of good sports on the TVs and uh, lots of good cold beer and shrimp poor boy. Man, that sounds good. What did you say before cold uh, poor boys? Cold beer. Yeah. Cold beer. <laughs> Amen, brother. Uh, lot, what a great week we've got lined up next week. Uh, this is just a few of the people. This is not all of the guest list. We're going to have Chandler Pittman and Quentin Bibbins running back and defensive tackle for the Golden Eagles on the show. Austin Armstrong. Uh, the defensive coordinator, Frank Gore Jr., on the show next week. And we're going to have Sunbelt Commissioner Keith Gill uh, on the show Wednesday, and that's just a few. And so, Beyonce was going to be on, but we had to bump her because of all these other people. Well, we bumped her for Frank Gore Jr. Yeah. And uh, that would be understandable, of course. <laughs> Dave Rigard is on the show now. We're equally as happy to have him. He is the play-by-play voice of James Madison, uh, one of the new teams coming into the Sunbelt. Now, now, Dave, I'm going to ask you a question. You may seem... This may seem a little unfair, but but I think it's a fair question. Of all the schools that are coming into the Sun Belt, James Madison probably the most mysterious to Southern Miss fans in that we would have the least knowledge about them. And so I'm wondering when uh, when the news got out that your university was coming to the Sun Belt, was it met with the same excitement that we have seen here in South Mississippi? Absolutely, and I think maybe even more so just because they are making that jump from FCS to FBS, and that's kind of what you're referencing there that a lot of your fans probably don't know a ton about GMU football and the history of, of James Madison football just because they've been an FCS school for so long, and they've had some good games. They've, they've beaten Virginia Tech. They've beaten Virginia over the years. They've had some big wins over F, FBS opponents, but they've always just been an FCS school. And, and, you know, let's be honest. You guys know this. Um, even though the FCS – is Division One? It doesn't get the same hype nationwide that it, it it probably deserves, just because it is really good football. So that's why I think a lot of your your fans are probably thinking this is kind of mysterious and who is James Madison and what they are. But um, the fans here are so jacked about moving up to the FBS. They've been wanting this for a long time. Um, now they've only won two national championships. But it almost seemed like the fans were bored with the FCS because it was just like yeah, the regular season, ho hum. We'll win a conference championship. We'll get in the playoffs. We'll probably get to the semifinals at least, and then we'll see if we can beat North Dakota State or somebody else, something like that. So, honestly, I do think our fans were getting bored um, with with FCS football and and everything. Now, it was obviously still a challenge for the team, and uh, they'd never say that, and certainly certainly they had their moments. But um, I I think there's probably more excitement here than uh, than around anywhere. And just, just to make the jump to FBS and then to be in this league, as you guys well know and know the commissioner, as you see, I said you're going to have him on. It's a tremendous league, especially across the board, but especially in football. It's going to be so much fun in this league. And you expect, I'm going to assume, your fan base, your coaches, your players, you expect to come in and immediately be competitive in the Sun Belt. I do think they'll be competitive, but I do think it's going to take some time. Last year's team, I think, would probably – I would feel more comfortable going into this year with last year's team – as opposed to this year's team. Not saying that this year's team won't compete and won't win games. They will. But last year's team was a more veteran team. They, they had a six-year quarterback. They had a, a 50-year All-American defensive tackle. They, they had a, 
a left tackle that, that was in NFL camps this year. So they just had more veterans. And then when the announcement was made that they're moving up and they can't compete for a championship right away, three of our top players are now at Power 5 schools. Um, Antoine Wells was a record-setting receiver. He was a redshirt freshman last year that had 83 catches, 15 touchdowns, um, was uh, a man among boys at times. He's at South Carolina now. Our linebacker, Diamante Tucker-Dorsey, is now at Texas. Um, Wesley McCormick, a corner who was going to start for us and has been a great player over the years, is now at West Virginia. So we had some guys leave that would have been huge stars on our team this year that I think um, there's just going to be some younger guys that have to step up earlier than expected, I think. So they'll compete. I think it's an unknown on how much they'll win this year, but they'll compete just because of their track record, the culture they've built here, and they expect to win. Some teams don't expect to win. They do expect to win at JMU, and we'll see how, how long it takes. But it's, it's going to be a little bit of a transition, I think. Luke? Talking to uh, Dave Rigert, the play-by-play voice for the James Madison Dukes. Let's talk, uh, let's talk about your head coach, Kurt uh, Signetti. Won a national championship under uh, Nick Saban at Alabama. He's only lost five games in three years. What's kind of his, his, the culture that he builds at James Madison and kind of his approach offensive and defensively? Um, watch Alabama, and it's kind of like that. Um, he's very Nick Saban-ish as far as just how he operates everything. He learned a lot from Coach Saban. Um, his, his dad's a Hall of Famer in, the, in, in college football, longtime coach, and uh, he, he learned a lot from him too. But he's a no-nonsense um, type of guy. He's not a rah-rah. He's not going to give you great um, locker room speeches. Um, he kind of does it by, by, by how, how hard he works and everything like that. But he's not a guy that's going to give you a ton of the media. We don't get a ton of uh, long interviews with him. Um, but he's a guy that's a, he's, he'll kind of adjust to, to what he's got. And I think this year they'll be a little bit different than they were a year ago just because of personnel. Uh, but he's an offensive guy through the years. He was a wide receivers coach at Alabama. He's been an offensive coordinator. Um, but he's, he's kind of been in this boat before where he's had to turn some programs around. When he took over IUP, a Division II school, Indiana University, Pennsylvania, it was kind of the same situation as far as kind of building it um, to, to get it to where he wanted to. He took Elon over a team in the CA that was in the conference we were just in, and they had won two games, I think, the year before, and they were competing for a conference championship within a couple of years. Um, so he knows, and, and he even said this, he said he's the right person for this move because he's been at some spots where he's had to, um, kind of change things a little bit. And, and they'll still kind of keep their culture and everything the same. And that's not going to change, but just they're going to need some more personnel. They're going to need a, a recruiting department. They had to do that all on their own. So yeah. um, he's a guy that, that really lets his – he lets his coaches coach. He's more of a CEO like you see at the, at the Power 5 level with some of those guys. Uh, but he lets his coaches coach and um, has a little bit more say over the offense than probably some other coaches. In this transition year, you guys have 11 games, not 12 on the schedule, three non-conference. Open up, no pressure. Take out the Conference USA, Middle Tennessee. We go to North <laughs> Folk State, uh, go to Louisville later in the year. But you guys, as we've all our previews have said, are jumping in the harder side of the league. What's your take on the East this year? Um, it is going to be a gauntlet. There is no question. Um, I think, obviously, what, what Coastal and App – um, what those teams have done. And the, the kind of the, the fun thing with JMU jumping into the East and into the Sun Belt is that they're with a bunch of teams that they used to play a ton. And there's a lot of regional rivals. They were all FCS schools at one point in time or one AA in Marshall's case. So they used to play each other all the time. They've got some playoff history with those teams. And that's kind of the blueprint that, that they have, looking at those teams and, and kind of what uh, 
what they need to do, what they should do. I know Coach Signetti has reached out to some of those guys on, on how they went through the transition and how they were trying to, to kind of navigate through everything. Um, but I, I, I think the East is going to be um, every week you've got to bring it because even ODU's a team that was picked last behind JMU, and they return a ton of guys. They, they, made, they made a bowl game a year ago. So, I mean, that just kind of tells you right there what – what the East is all about, and with App and Coastal and those teams and what they've done, um, now they're proven commodities. So, I mean, they're, they're going to be a 10-11 win team almost every single year, it seems like. So it's, uh, I think our fans are going to have to kind of temper their expectations. They think JMU is going to jump in and compete with App and Coastal. They may compete, but they're not at that level yet. Um, they, they don't have quite the horses to run with those teams quite yet. I think they'll be competitive, and, and will they win some of those games? Yeah, I think they will. But um, like I mentioned earlier, it's going to take some time. Dave, final question. This is uh, this is Kelly Sander. When when you guys JMU's coming to Southern Miss uh, this year, I believe, and then and then probably make a return trip next year. Anybody who travels to JMU said, "Man, you should see what they have done to their facilities in like every sport." So, real quickly, where's this money coming from? <laughs> well, it's still a, it's a pretty it's still a pretty young school. I mean, we've only had football. This is our, only our fifty first year of football, so it's not like there's a ton of alums. It used to be an all women's college, an all women's teachers college. Um, so it's it's a pretty young university as far as that goes, and, and the alumni base. But they've been able to, to kind of dive into some of those alums that are in Richmond, in D.C., in this area, and um, they are at an all time high in fundraising right now. Um, there's just so much support for all the athletics, not just football, but a brand new basketball arena that is uh, is first class, people over eight thousand, which is perfect for our level, and um, it's it's one of the best in the country. It's like a it's like a uh, a Power Fives venue, just a little bit smaller than that. So they they knew they had to upgrade a little bit. They're upgrading softball right now. Obviously, making it to the College World Series two years ago certainly helped. Um, baseball needs a little bit of an upgrade to compete with some of the Sun Belt schools. So it's just it's really well supported. They uh, they have an athletic department and, a, and an athletic director in Jeff Bourne that they really care. Um, President Alger certainly cares about athletics, and our fan base is pretty rabid. And, and there's a it's starting to the, the fan base is starting to kind of give back to the university a little bit, and, and we're seeing some of those dollars right now. And they're certainly going to need that moving up to the FCS level. There's no question. Dave, we appreciate your time very much, especially the fact that we interrupted your golf game. So uh, <laughs> you get you get back to the eleventh hole, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Gentlemen, anytime. Thank you very much. Dave Rickard, everybody. Play-by-play voice of James Madison University. On the links as we speak, Center. The Dukes. Like the mayonnaise? No. No, no. It's another royalty. We'll be back. Wrap up this uh, week of the Eagle Hour next. Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Luke, take it away. Final segment brought to you every day by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBATHattiesburg.com on a wet day like this. Great place to go to, DBAT and D1 Training. Good uh, good talking to Dave Rigard of James Madison University. And 
Guys, uh, they open week one against Middle Tennessee, so we got a Sun Belt CUSA matchup and take on Norfolk State after that, play Louisville later in the season. But they only have 11 games. Uh, they're eight Sun Belt games. They're at App State to start with, Texas State at home, at Arkansas State, at Georgia Southern, Marshall at home, at Old Dominion, and then they get Georgia State and Coastal. So welcome to uh, – Welcome to the FBS. James Madison and App State in Boone is your first game. Anyway, it'll be fun watching uh, the Dukes play uh, this year. If you missed that interview, as well as a great interview with Chad Kaye, and uh, we talked to Jason Munns of the Commercial Appeal first segment, you can always check out the Eagle Hour at supertalk.fm, on demand, and uh, as always in podcast form, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Audible. Lady Eagles, Dominated their last exhibition match yesterday down in Perkinston, uh, defeating Mississippi Gulf Coast nine. Count them, nine to nothing. So Lady Eagles uh, go three and zero in their exhibition matches, and they will now uh, begin the season officially Sunday at two p.m. on the Plains in Auburn, Alabama, taking on the Tigers, and our yeah the the Auburn Tigers, and then crossing the state next Thursday uh, and taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide in. Um, Tuscaloosa. So, uh, I, we were talking about this yesterday, and I think uh, one of you guys suggested this, that September 3rd against Liberty should be a what type of game? Gold out. And it is. I don't know if you had any leaked sources there, Kelly, at all. But, yeah, they have named all six home games, given a theme or, or promotions for uh, all six home games for football. Liberty will be the gold out game. Fans should wear gold. The first 5,000 fans will receive, hey, Thunder sticks are back. I don't know if you remember those guys. Yes, and I, man, every little every little kid that would have those thunder sticks, they'd be bopping them together, and they'd wind up, you know, putting them over their head and bopping me on the head, sitting behind them, and think, I don't know what you what, love them, don't you, what to think love about those. Yeah. yeah. So gold out uh, two weeks later on September seventeenth. Uh, a real cool day for for high school kids. The All South Marching Band, where uh, you know the high school band get in there and play with the pride. Homecoming against Arkansas State on October 15th, Thursday night against Louisiana, October 27th, lights out. Everybody uh, wear black uh, for that game. Salute to Armed Forces, November 5th against Georgia State, and then November 19th, South Alabama, Senior Day. And I think we should call that Knockout Day, where we just we want to knock them out, <laughs> knock, knock South Alabama out somehow, some way. Hey, a week from tonight will be Pride Preview, the, the, this the Southern Miss Marching Band is going to do their uh, their halftime show and unveil it to the general public for the first time. That's next Friday night. That's a week from tonight. And I think that starts at 6 o'clock, and we'll get you more information on that uh, later on next week. One more, one more note of news. UNLV releasing their non-conference basketball schedule today. UNLV, Southern Miss on December 22nd in Las Vegas. Pretty interesting date. Boy, that is a nice road trip. I, I, <laughs> Luke, as soon as you said that, Getty, when gave the date, Getty looked at me like he knows what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. We might ought to check into that. I think Rod Stewart might even be in concert. A live report from the strip. That might be good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, no, I don't think that would be good in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> but uh, the Eagles against the Running Rebels. And out there in Las Vegas, Justin Phelps, who was the director of basketball under uh operations under Donnie Tyndall. Justin Phelps is in Las Vegas now, so I don't know if there was, you know, might have been some ties there to get that game scheduled. But um, UNLV, Jerry Tarkanian was there. They were 
big-time basketball. He was quite a colorful coach, too. And they were in the NCAA tournament deep every year. Oh, and they hated him. Oh, the How many NCAA towels did he eat a game? How many was it? <laughs> the shark. That's why they called him a shark. He was always biting on those towels. The most famous quote about the NCAA ever. One day they're going to get so mad at North Carolina, they're going to put Central Michigan on probation. <laughs> it was just a great quote. By, it's so true. I was just going to say, sometimes the truth hurts. Yeah, you know? so true. Great shows all next week. Uh, David Eckert from the Hattiesburg American Danny Reed from Georgia Southern, Chandler Pittman, and Quentin Bivens all on the show Monday. Getting the football players actually getting to chime in and let us know what they think about the all year long. We're gonna have these kids on all year long. Yeah, and a lot of you have have texted us and called us too, said that you really like that because you, you get to know these football players as human beings rather than just football players too, and you get to see you know what they're like off the field as well as on. And I think it's a win win for everybody. There will be no better Southern Miss football coverage anywhere than right here on this show. And we've got some remotes coming up, too. Yes, we're going to be at uh, Mobay Beignet. I guess we've talked about that all week because we're pretty excited about being there on the uh, last Wednesday of the month. Uh, Next Thursday, you guys will be at Ramey Motors. And then uh, a week from next Friday, we'll be at 4th Street Bar and Grill. That's it. Looking forward to it. All right, that wraps up the Eagle Hour. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. We'll be back Monday at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Mississippi Media Production.